on a Friday. Hour two, let's go. What show? Coupel Works brings you the 2023 Beats and Bites Festival tomorrow night. Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. Gates open at five. Tracy Bird starts playing at five forty-five. Tickets available. I think I called Gabriel Iglesias walking Iglesias earlier. Uh, Gabriel Iglesias already sold out. Dwight Yoakam sold out. Tickets remaining for the Counting Crows and Josh Turner, as well as Collective Soul. You get your tickets by swinging by the box office here at Riverwind Casino off I-35, Highway 9, or Riverwind.com. Is Travis ready to go? We got Travis. Let's do it. At Travis Skoll on Twitter. You hear him on the ref, on the rush, Fridays, right? Locked in as well. Travis Davidson joins us from the 918. What's going on, Travis? How are you, man? I'm doing great, man. How are you this morning? Well, outside of a massive thunderstorm that's rolled in and rolled through and connection issues, I think we fought through. I think we've made it to the sunny side of things, so it's good. Hey, uh, d- take me to the conversation with Grayson Holt last night. You and JP on the on the YouTube show. How did it go? I thought impressive young man, and it seems like seems like he's on the verge of, of, of a potential breakout season. What would you make of Grayson last night? Yeah, uh, always great to have him on. Uh, we've had him on before. Uh, we, we're always looking forward to having him back. He is, man, he's a coach's dream, what it sounds like. I mean, every answer of his is, it's not full-blown coach speak, but it seems like exactly what, what Brent Venables would want uh, him to say, and it came across so natural that, you know, they seems just really bought in. He went, you know, kind of into detail on his, Physical transformation, you know, he's uh, he's up from 260 all the way to uh, um, 290, and he's talked about that. He talked about how he got kicked out of workout because he was too light. And he talked about how he needed to be 285 at his report weight. He came back to 288. Uh, he even gave us his secret sauce because we asked him how he's been putting on weight, and he said out in California he had never really had biscuits and gravy before because that's where he's from. He said now he's eating an omelet with three biscuits, gravy and hot sauce he, he started to get uh, pretty excited about it i get excited about biscuits and gravy i don't blame him so uh, be, before i want to circle back and talk about grayson halton in just a second but whenever i asked you to come on today i had ulterior motives here because i feel like you're pretty connected with with the fan base and recruiting and, and covering it all i i can't you know i can't fathom getting too frustrated over things on the Cruton side in July, but here we are. I know it's it's crunch time, at least from a commitment perspective, and you're seeing a lot of commitments across the country, right? Uh, Florida, Texas A&M, Georgia last night. With all that in mind, how are Sooner fans handling right now the lack of massive, and how should they handle the last of a ma- the lack of a massive land on the defensive line so far? Is there a concern? Should there be a concern? Um, no, and I think what's different about this class, and obviously I get labeled a, a, a sunshine pumper often, and I, I totally get that. I would rather be optimistic than pessimistic. But uh, I, I think the big thing is defensive linemen commit later. I mean, I know Joseph Jonah Jonier, um, you know, committed to Georgia last night, but our biggest targets are still out on the board. Williams Winery, still on the board, we lead for him. David Stone, still on the board, we lead for him. That's two five-stars on the defensive line. I mean, you look at guys like Dominic McKinley. You look at guys like Jaden Jackson, who's a teammate and good friend of David Stone's. 
you know, you, you look at these guys and you think, they haven't committed yet. So I would understand if we were losing out on, you know, people left and right. But, you know, it's really not the case. And I think part of it is last year it was like, oh, man, we got Jackson all the five-star. P.J., you know, was, it was a really low-drama type commit, and he rose the ranks late. He wasn't a five-star for the entire process. But when you look position by position, like, it's defensive linemen commit late every time. So when, when, when you look at it like that, you just have to kind of adjust your, your timing because I'll tell you what, it doesn't matter when they sign, it matters that they sign. Because you know, when, when you and I are, are talking in January about this class, we're not going to say, oh, man, I'm glad that five-star signed, but, man, if only he would have signed in July, it would be way better. That's not the case. Do we need to reevaluate our thinking somewhat as Sooner fans? To where this coaching staff, they don't want you to commit for the sake of committing. And I think in some instances, you would get those commits that, you know, wide-eyed, excited about a visit, and then you're not able to close the deal. And you see guys go other places. Is this going to involve, in your opinion, Travis, just an overall adjustment in how you view recruiting rankings until the end? Since, I mean, they're not going to let, they're not you can do whatever you want, but they don't want you taking visits what you commit. Like, you commit, you're committed. Does this mean we have to kind of change, now that you've seen it one year and a half in the works, the way that we just view off-season recruiting? Uh, well, I think Brent Venables, you know, obviously it was his first year as a head coach last year, first year of really being the one to implement that structure at Oklahoma. And, you know, he said no visits, but, you know, we had a couple people take visits, right? You had uh, uh, Cozart. You had, uh, obviously, Anthony Evans. You had Colton Bostic. You even had Caleb Spencer. And guess what? All the people that took visits, they all flipped. So I think you've even seen it early this year where he's growing as a head coach in this particular policy and saying, hey, look, no visits means no visits. Like, if you, if you want to visit other schools, you're not in the class anymore. So – I think he's just getting a bit more kind of structured in that. And, yeah, it's a timeline situation we're going to have to deal with because Brent Venables had the number four overall class last year. I know Derek LeBlanc is no longer in the class, and people can say what they will about what that does to, you know, the past ranking. But, I mean, we're tracking to land right now three five-stars, and and that's just who we lead for. I realize, you know, five-star recruitment can change on a dime. But if we just go by the crystal ball leaders or the forecast leaders, the prediction leaders, Taylor Tatum just got his fifth star. You know, he's long been rumored to be a Sooner. You've got Williams, Winery, and David Stone. So you're trying to tell me that after two cycles, we would have signed four defenders, five stars. And that's, that's not something we've done at Oklahoma, back-to-back classes, in a very long time. So I think just a bit of patience, which I know stinks, because the last thing you can do in 2023 is have patience, really, in any aspect. But I think we're going to get some really good news on Saturday. Um, that has a chance, depending on where the rankings fall, once reclassification hits, that he could be, you know, maybe a fourth, fifth star in the class, things like that. Things are going well, but don't get discouraged by seeing people, you know, other classes fill up early. Are you, are you on the rush today, Travis? I need to make sure I'm promoting up where you are. Are you on with Tyler today? I actually, you know, Teddy had 
something, an event he had to be at or something like that. So I actually filled in for him yesterday. Ah, He'll be on the rush today. So I did podcast, radio yesterday. I'm like Chris Plank, man, all this media going on. You got a lot going on. Got to stay busy, man. Got to make those ends. You have no problem with that. Uh, Travis, with that in mind, man, I'm curious to get your thoughts on where we are with NIL. We spent a lot of time last week kind of nerding out on it with the pushback by the NCAA. I talked to Andy Staples about this last week, and he felt like that the NCAA, is it, it, there's no teeth to this threat, but it's also caused universities to pause for a moment and think, okay, are we going to be able to bring our NIL in-house? Are they going to push back against some of these state laws where do you feel we are right now? And Oklahoma's been very uh, aggressive and, and smart about it. But where do you think the overall landscape from what you've seen and being involved in it, where do you feel like it is right now with NIL? Uh, well, OU specifically, uh, you know, we are competitive. There's no doubt. But, you know, Brent Venables always has said he wants it to be a piece of the pie, not necessarily the whole thing. You want to be relational, but transactional as well. But I promise you, we are playing the NIL game. This cycle with David Stone, with Williams Winery, it's been reported by a different school that OU actually has the best NIL package uh, for one of those uh, one of those players. And what's interesting is there was an interview with uh, Ivan Carrion, the um, new six six wide receiver that flipped from Texas Tech to Oklahoma. They said through the Matador NIL club, he was going to make about twenty five thousand dollars annually, and he was going to double that by coming to play for Oklahoma. So it's even out in the media, in interviews, in the public saying, hey, look, I'm going to make double what I would make it somewhere else if I go to Oklahoma. So it's definitely on the top of mind. I do think that Oklahoma donors, especially the the, the BMDs, if you will, the big money donors, uh, I think they, you know, they're careful people. A lot of people didn't get to where they were, especially in, in, in those circles, by being overly aggressive without having some trust built in. And I think that's what, you know, we have the Crimson and Cream. We have the one Oklahoma. Okay, who's running these? You know, where's the money going to go? Do we have a plan? Things like that. And, and, and I don't think they were 100% confident in where they might be putting their money. But now, and we saw this in the recent uh, Board of Regents reports, like the Sooners Charitable Fund that's going to be run by trusted people, the university, those are the people with those donor relations. And I think personally that hose has kind of been, uh, you know, crimped a little bit, and that water pressure has been building up in that hose, and I think those funds are going to come screaming through, especially once uh, once we see a turnaround on the football field. Hey, uh, two more, and, and I'll let you run. Two more quick ones, and I'll let you get out of here. Number one, just in general then, beyond just OU, where, where do you see the future of it as far as the NCAA and what you think they're going to be able to do or not do when it comes to the enforcement of it. I mean, is it going to be a world where, hey, guess what? We're now in the enforcement era. Or do you think, Travis, this is inevitably going to lead to football being separate from everyone else? Yeah, well, here's the thing. I I talked to uh, um, Greg McCourtney, the guy that actually wrote the the Oklahoma NIL bill, the state of Oklahoma NIL bill. He talked about it kind of nationally and said, look, the last thing these universities want but we think is going to happen is that the players become employees of the university, right? And that becomes you run into all these concerns about, hey, if this kid get it, gets injured, is he going to 
sue us for his, you know, eventual NIL or NFL earnings that he could have had uh, if, if he gets benched? Is he going to sue the coach, you know, because that's going to screw with his deal? Um, you know, that's, that's all down the line. But what I think, honestly, the best possible thing that can happen to the future of NIL is that teams like A&M and Miami uh, and, and Oregon, a couple of these teams don't do well. Because if, if you look around, you know, the, the country and the teams like Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, you know, these, these places that have sustained success based on coaching, investment in the program, culture. I mean, Georgia's culture is a little rocky right now. I think a kid just got a season <laughs> ticket 30 seconds ago. But, like, but you see what I mean. Those are the teams winning the national championships. When you think of the teams that are dropping the big bags, A&M and Miami, neither of them got to 500 last year. And they're the ones that are supposed to be dropping all these big bags. I think once, if they continue to underachieve, which I think, honestly, there's a good chance, given the history of both of those schools, and given, given the fact that if you hand a bunch of teenagers millions of dollars and then tell them to go try and work together as a team and work hard, uh, you know, I'm not sure that's really a recipe for success. I think that's really the, the last hope of the, of the college football fan that doesn't want this to turn into just a, uh, a, a, a spending war, an arms race of who can drop the biggest bag, is if those teams that are dropping the biggest bag continue to fail as, the, as they have. And then, uh, finally, you buying the Maxwell hype? You think that Oklahoma could be in on her? I'm buying it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's, it's funny because, uh, you know, when you guys were talking a little bit earlier about who was there in the portal, you know, if there, if there was a Soraco, obviously Jordy Ball was the, was the, the biggest portal in, in any sport outside of probably Caleb Williams, ironically enough. We've had both. Both of the biggest portal players ever, both leave Oklahoma, which has got a sting. But it's—I mean, Kelly Maxwell—I mean, 14th in strikeouts last year nationally. Um, she wouldn't have to pitch as much. I mean, it, it makes a lot of sense. She can stay close to home. Uh, you know, obviously, you guys talked uh, for a long time about the retirement of her pitching coach. Uh, you know, she's she's got a pitching coach here at Oklahoma that, or would have a pitching coach here at Oklahoma that obviously has a track record better than maybe anybody in the country. And, yeah, I'm, I'm buying the hype because, I mean, I think Trace Ford, uh, you know, kind of broke down some barriers for her and said, <laughs> hey, you know, I, I mean, Brennan Thompson even coming from Texas. I think, I think she's got a couple examples of, okay, they may uh, vilify me, but, hey, let's go try and win a national championship. Travis Davidson. At Travis Skoll on Twitter, dude, I appreciate you finding time for me. As always, uh, be safe for the 918, and we'll talk to you again soon. Absolutely, man. Keep killing it. I appreciate you. Now, uh, before we grab a break, we mentioned we're at Riverwind Casino here today, so any chance I'm hanging, I want to talk to my man Colin with the marketing team here at Riverwind. And, boy, you've uh, got a busy weekend ahead of you, don't you? Oh, yeah, we got a huge weekend. Uh, Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird tomorrow night. Fireworks after the show. Yep, big firework display after the show. Which, by the way, I want to add – Awesome fireworks display too. It's not yeah, they're just really awesome. It, it's really well done, but this is part of the Coop Ale Works Beats and Bites Festival. I, I know we had some rain that rolled through, but it looks like it's going to be pretty solid weather tomorrow. So this is a great opportunity to see three outstanding country acts, isn't it? Yeah, all three of them are awesome. They're all three some of my 
personal favorite one, so I'm super excited about this one. And it's only ten bucks to get in the door, so you get three uh, three different acts for uh, ten bucks. Kids twelve and under get in free. Now you can get it at Riverwind.com or the box office, but we encourage people to not not wait till the day of the show, right? Yeah, go ahead and get them ahead of time. Um, that way, you've already got them on your phone or in person, and then you don't have to wait in line. There's more than just the concert too, because well, you take us through because you brought things for the kids. And you've also brought some great food trucks that are involved, right? Yeah, so we've got about 15-plus um, food trucks that will be out there, all different varieties. They're all local, so it's super awesome to have them out. Um, we also have bounce houses and face painting for the kids, so they've got that to do along with the music. Then, like we said, an awesome fireworks show right after the show. With this one, the music is going to start a little bit earlier because of the fireworks and okay. having three shows. So um, Tracy Bird's going to start at 545, a little bit earlier than we normally do. But um, gates open at 5, so the event starts at 5, and you can start getting food truck, find your spot to sit, and just enjoy the evening. You're getting a great lesson, well, not you, the royal you, the listeners, about how you can't wait around. Gabriel Iglesias, both shows sold out. Dwight Yoakam, sold out. Chicago, sold out. Ario Speedwagon, sold out. So when you start seeing Josh Turner and Collective Soul coming up in the next couple of weeks, when you look ahead and you see Foreigner on October 6th, thinking about Aaron Lewis on november 9th i mean there is don't wait around i guess is the message right yeah it's going fast so get them ahead of time get them early while you can i noticed new show new show new show i was wondering if you were going to catch that on november 10th december 15th and even looking ahead at 24 you guys are really planning ahead aren't we you? are so on monday sneak peek oh i love these on monday we're going to announce a show this Monday. Maybe a couple or four shows on Monday. Really? Did we work out any hints, or is this one where just, hey, pay your backside attention on Monday, and we'll <laughs> let you know who it is? But this one was a little harder, so I didn't have a full thing worked gotcha. out for this one because they were all kind of <laughs> a little bit different. So, um, But, yeah, just keep an eye out on Monday. We'll have some new shows to announce. And then tickets will be available rather quickly for those new shows? Yes, we'll announce on Monday, and for all four of these shows, the tickets will go on sale on Friday. And and I want to make sure any time that you're with us, Colin, to make sure we point out the Oasis, the non-smoking area. Yeah, our non-smoking area, um, everyone seems to be really enjoying it. We kind of had a sneak preview with it during our construction area, and we made it official whenever the project ended. So we've got that going on now. Um, so it's awesome. Um, it does have its own little high limits area in it as well. So it's got regular gaming and high limits gaming in there. So it's awesome. Anything else we need to add? Um, also tomorrow, before Beats and Bites, oh. you can come out and make a whole day of it. We've got um, some hot seat drawings going on called Mad Dash with a Blast. So starting noon, we'll have um, drawings every 30 minutes where we'll draw three winners to earn 500 in cash. And then at 5, we'll have grand prize drawing for two winners to win $2,500 in cash grand prize. Beautiful. Then once you're done at 5, you can just go right across the street to beat some bites and get some food and watch a great show and then fireworks at the end of the night. Thanks, Colin Olson. Yeah, I know you're busy, man. Appreciate your patience. <laughs> All right, Riverwind, Colin told you what you need to do. Get out here and you can get your tickets to some great concerts, including... Beats and Bites, brought to you by Coop Aleworks, and three new shows to be announced on Monday. Quick break. We'll come back, recap what not just Colin had to say, but what Travis had to say about the future of NIL and the future of OU recruiting. It's all around the corner right here on The Route. Right, going to get ready to the phone. The Riverwind Casino jackpot line, 405-329-9000. Uh, Josh is out today. Connor Pasby is in. Uh, there was one thing, too, that Travis snuck in there that I think deserves more coverage involving Georgia. We'll get into it coming up in a bit. But Sean 
welcome. How are you, man? I'm well, Chris. Uh, happy post-4th of July to you as we close in on the season. I like, uh, one of the things I like, uh, and you do too, is the business side of sports. Love it. And the the puzzle that fits together on all that. And so it's interesting to me, a couple of points here. One, I you're having too many entities chase the same dollar. Whether you want, and you, you, there has to be a, you know, whether you want facilities, for lack of a better term, or NIL, you're having to come back to the same wells a lot. And, of course, you just completed a $500 million upgrade over there. So you just come off asking for a lot. So mm-hmm. there's my response or my answer to that from an OU perspective is that I think you need to allow sports-specific donation that includes football. I uh, I know we make sports-specific donations, obviously, for the softball program, for the baseball program, but I'm not positive. My understanding is that a donation that you would like to earmark to football really actually goes into the general fund, and that's rubbed some huh. people the wrong way. Huh. And so I think that's something to look at. But more to the point, I, what I find funny is that not you or anybody specific, but just in general, I've always had a problem with bumper sticker solutions to complex problems. And forever, the virtue signaling of, we got to pay these guys while they're just, they're basically indentured servants. And look at all this and that. Well, the people that said that are awfully quiet now, and they've gotten exactly what they wanted. Uh, well, they've gotten the unintended consequences of what they wanted, which I, I fear is on the cusp of not only changing the sport beyond recognition, but maybe killing it. Because what we're doing isn't sustainable. I mean, just like NIL, you've got to refill that coffer every year to maintain the levels of, you know, of a stable gift, of a stable payment to players. Well, you're going to have to come back to the same people over and over. Right. Right. And on a, on a more humorous note, too, I don't know how you feel about it, but we cannot retire the term bag soon enough. <laughs> I am so tired of hearing about the come up with any other verbiage to describe getting a paycheck or getting paid in athletics. And I will buy you a every beverage dinner and meal you require to know you home game. But I am so burned out on bag. bag. Hey, what's the on the Maxwell on the Maxwell deal too, Chris, uh-huh. uh, would that, would it benefit benefits the wrong term, but is it a, I think don't we play it? With the, the series is in Norman this year, right? You That's have to right. Still on it. So right. is that a little bit? Maybe that would be a little bit more of a. You don't have to go back and hear the opposing fan if you make that move. Would that be something? Yeah, I think plus, it would. Be. I guess. I think yeah. it would be. I think that it would be something that, you know, if Kelly Maxwell decided to come to Oklahoma, she wouldn't have to worry. She'd have to face her former team. Sure. But again, there's a lot of turnover on that Oklahoma State team this year. You know, that senior day ceremony, a long ceremony, <laughs> a long ceremony, Sean. Uh, so it's going to be tough without Kylie Naomi and Cheyenne Factor out there. But I will say it's um, 
it's also one where you'd have to face him, but it would be wherever you are now, and it wouldn't be, well, in this case, Norman, and it wouldn't be in Stillwater. Well, I think she'd be a great addition. She seems like nothing but a really solid kid. So, anyway, hey, thanks for the time, Chris. Great job. See you, buddy. Uh, you know what? I might have to double-check on Naomi. I think she may have another year of eligibility left. If she does, apologize, cowgirl friends. I was, I was close. Because she was, her freshman season was 19. And, nope, nope, that was it. She's done. So, they got a lot of turnover in Stillwater. I, I will say I appreciate the, the couple of articles that have been sent. I was really shocked. And I love Kenny Gajewski. Like, I think he's, uh, he's a trip. I, I like him. But I can't fathom that in the article that I read that I think Robert Robert Allen wrote that he just is like, he, he no-sells a pitching coach retiring. It's like, oh, yeah, everyone pretty much knew that. We didn't really announce anything, but everyone knew that. And I'm like, what? I mean, can you imagine if that's how we handled, like, any type of news? Right. Oh, you know, we didn't have to. Yeah, everyone kind of knew that. I, I mean, I knew of it because I talked to a couple people at the World Series, but I never saw anything official. But if your, if your mindset is when a coach leaves, who is, I mean, a pretty well-known coach. I mean, here was the quote: "It's no big secret. He retired and he's been gone for a week." This was about a while back. Um, they hadn't made an official announcement. And right now he doesn't have a successor in line either. So I, I mean, I kind of, kind of feel like if it's no big secret, why in the world wasn't there like a thank you, John Barkfeld, for your service to Oklahoma State University or at least a, a press release or something? Now, again, I, I know that Oklahoma State's SID left for softball he's good good SID did a really good job but I'm just if Jen Rocha retired yo we'd have tributes nonstop. oh yeah for right and I just I think the idea of well you know he's 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 gone he's been gone for a little bit you're not gonna like say hey thank you for your time I know it wasn't a a massive uh, amount of you know years that he's been here but you're literally looking at you know, nothing right now at oakstate.com outside of maybe a podcast that Gajewski was on. I just I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand no selling that. That's a big freaking story it in is. the sports world. It, it is odd that OSU did not put anything out. And from like a fan perspective of softball, dude, you'd have no idea because you didn't see anything on it unless you really dive in and get some connections and ask what the heck is uh, going on with OSU. If you don't follow this sport like a true diehard, you would have had no idea. And if we're trying to grow the game, stories like this, they, they need to be told. They need to be told. So we, were, uh, we were adding to our list of players who, should, who have helped bridge that gap. When Travis was on, he had brought up Trace Ford. The 918 says, hey, don't forget, Lexi Keys also transferred from OSU to OU. And we had we had the infielder that didn't step on the field as a freshman that transferred to Oklahoma State. 
and I don't know how much she played this year for OSU. So you've had an o- OU OSU. When you got you got Davis, the pitcher from. I don't know yeah, if you mentioned that. Sorry, it, it, I was on, the, the, I was on the phone playing, so I didn't know if you mentioned that. No, no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. I did not mention the baseball side. The only one I mentioned was Lexi Keys. So it has been done before. It has been done before. But in IMHO, I don't know if I'm necessarily a huge fan of it. I'm not going to be like, pool. I'm not going to go Gottlieb and try to pull their letterman's jacket or anything. It's just it seems odd. It seems I. I still don't know how to feel about Brendan Thompson, except that I know he's really fast, and I hope he catches a lot of balls. Coming it's just, it's just a it's just Texas. a weird weird time because this like never hap- happens, Chris. And now all of a sudden you got uh, players transferring to the rivals like it's <laughs> like it's no big deal. Yeah, and, and and David from Norman writes ESPN talked about the OSU pitching coach retiring during the Bedlam series. I didn't realize it wasn't public information. No, David. The ESPN broadcast also talked about 3,000 new seats being added to Love's Field and the capacity being increased. I mean, I appreciate you you know, paying close attention to it, but there's one thing in saying, hey, there's this thought that he's retiring after this year and then making it official and having an announcement, right? I think it's, I think it's short-sighted, and I think it's kind of not doing your, doing your due diligence as showing your gratefulness towards somebody and just saying, yeah, you're, see ya. I, I don't I don't get that. Oh, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it was talked about, but it was never announced. Come on, man. If we're going to be a big-time sport, a big-time program like Oklahoma State's, gotta, it's, it's got to be more public about these types of moments and these celebrations of what a guy did. All right, text lines and acts on the ref. All right, welcome back to the Plank Show. We're on the road today at Riverwind Casino. They bring you the Riverwind Casino jackpot line at 405-329-9000. Tomorrow night, fireworks after Mark Chestnut, Shenandoah, and Tracy Bird. Contra will get started a little bit early, 545 for Tracy Bird. So Mark Chestnut will close things down. Tickets available at riverwind.com. $10 general admission. Come and join. Should be a fun time. Now, uh, you mentioned... Ringo had jumped on the Riverwind jackpot line. You want to fit him in here, Connor Pasby? Let's do it. Yep, we got Ringo waiting. What's up, Ringo? Welcome to the show. How are you? Hey, fellas. Man, thanks for taking my call. Hey, I, you know, I heard the, the phone call earlier, and he, I can't remember his name, and I apologize. Sean. I know. Yes, yes. And he, I always love his calls, but when he's talking about, if, if, if I understand correctly, he was talking about the NIL, uh, Mm-hmm. Potentially killing uh, college football, and I don't think there's any way that's ever going to happen. It's going to change it, and it's already changed it. But there's too much money being made by everybody from the entire universities that are funding all these programs. That, that's it's never going to kill the thing. And I know he's probably a little bit of hyperbole there, but and even with the NFL, the NFL's never going to allow college football to die. It's not going to do that. It is changing, and, and you can see that, but. Fellas, we all know NIL has kind of been around for a long time, <laughs> just under the table. And, again, I hate to go back, but even 2005, we were kind of dabbling in that, if, if you will. So that's not that's not a new thing. The thing that I think absolutely has and could be the biggest negative is the transfer portal. If you didn't have the transfer portal, you wouldn't have these guys jumping from one university to the next to where they – if they had to sit a year – 
they, these guys wouldn't be doing that to go get the, the biggest paycheck. That would not be happening. And if it was, it would be at a much lower rate than what it is. The portal, to me, is the biggest issue with the entire thing. Because then it almost you, – you, you're kind of losing your rooting interest to me. Like, listen, I don't want to get into a negative deal about OU basketball. But to me, that's another problem with the, the portal just killing uh, the OU basketball, to me, in my opinion. Yeah, it's going to help you reload, but – uh, OU basketball as a program is not one of the blue bloods. And those are the programs that get pilfered and looted and raided. Whereas OU football, I think, will benefit from the portal. I just I just think that the NIL is not a problem. It's, it's, it's always been there. I think it's just it's kind of like we legalized pot. You know, I don't really think mm-hmm. it changed anything. Well, the, the portal to me is the biggest problem. So, anyway, yeah, thanks. Interesting. Those. Ringo, you got my mind thinking. Yeah, by, by the way. We legalized pot, and now everyone just smokes it everywhere. <laughs> People, I, I have no cons- no issues with weed. Stop smoking it around everybody on the planet. You're the reason why I didn't get passed recreationally. Uh, treat it like you treat a beer. You're not slugging a beer out in public. Smoke your joints at home and around your friends, but when you're at festivals where there's kids rolling around, I'm tired of explaining weed smoke to my kids. They know it. Make it a specialty, not a necessity. All right. That in mind. I think we just had a show pop up for mid-July. Nice. And here it is. Here it is. I guess we're almost to mid-July, right? What's your biggest concern or maybe in this case, we just put two. What's your bigger concern as a college football fan? When you think about, I hate to use the word integrity, but when you think about the integrity of the sport, and when you think about what makes college football great, is your bigger concern where NIL is and where it could be headed? Or is your bigger concern what, I guess, maybe... Ringo talked about, well, not maybe, what Ringo talked about, which is the portal. I think I, I think maybe we even pull it back a little bit broader because Ringo's point was, listen, it's more than just football. It's obviously basketball. And in schools like my alma mater, even though they could use some help in basketball right now, but let's say you get a couple of guys who are playing well. You know, no longer are you probably hanging around for four years at the University of Tulsa if Duke or Kansas or Oklahoma and, I mean, Wisconsin, whomever, come calling. You've got to go take those opportunities. And you've seen it. You've seen it with a couple of guys. Hell, they're choosing Rutgers over a, a Tulsa, which breaks yeah. my heart. But, again, I think if you pull back and try to take a little bit of time and and like I said, I'm, I'm not just going to, let's go open the phones. I want to I think about this a little bit. I want to talk to some people because I do think college football is never going away, right? It's people that, you know, it, it, I mean, to hear Clay Travis talk, the NBA is not going to be able to play a game next year because everybody's too woke and in bed with China when they're about to get a billion-dollar contract for their TV rights from ESPN. So, I again, no one's going away. College football isn't disappearing. But how we have known college football, I guess, Connor, that's what could be disappearing in the end. Yeah. How you've how you've seen it in the past. And uh, the question you asked, sir, I'd probably lean towards NIL, what it's right now and what it could uh, really turn into. I think it could be a problem and you gotta put a uh, 
Mm-hmm. you got to put a limit on some of this stuff through the NIL money. But I get what Ringo's saying about the transfer portal. As a fan, man, it's really hard to fall in love with a player because you don't know if he's going to be back on the team next year. Now you have players making graphics that says, hey, I'll be back. I'm not, I'm not leaving. Right. Anywhere. I mean, it blows my, it blows my mind. It, I don't, I haven't come up with a perfect NIL plan. I'm, I'm still, I don't know what it is. And I know there's hundreds of you that are like, no, this is what you need to do. This, this, and you put a salary cap on it. Well, you can't really put a salary cap on it because then you're going to end up in, you're going to end up in jail. Or not jail, excuse me. <laughs> you're going to go to jail. You're going to end up in court. And I think that's what, I, at least I thought, the NCAA in general was trying to avoid. But I do know where I agree with Sean a thousand percent, I don't think in its current form it's sustainable. Yeah. Just don't. To me, and it's Ringo, just, to me, it's just ahead. these kids do not need – I know people feel have mixed feelings about this, but to me, people or players do not need uh, this much money. You should you should not be getting paid millions before you even step on campus and before you even play a game. I'll add one more thing. To, well, you know, let, let's get a break. I, I broke the clock earlier. We'll get a break. Good good set of phone calls, man. Good set of phone calls from Sean Duringo to you at four zero five three two nine nine thousand. We're at Riverwind Casino on a Friday. It's the Plank Show. We have a uh, top five stories today coming up to kick off hour number three, including two things we haven't even talked about on this show. Just tuning in, yeah, we've been all over the Kelly Maxwell news uh, in the top five stories today. I asked Coach about Kelly in the pregame show before the Bedlam series. I think you'll love to hear what Coach Gasso had to say about Kelly Maxwell. And listen, I... Again, if you're fit, and I feel like she would be for Oklahoma within that locker room, clubhouse, however you want to put it, I, I, I think Oklahoma has to be in the mix for her. I don't have any anyone I've talked to. I can't confirm anything, but I think they're in the mix. I really do. Uh, secondly, big story. Henry Curtin last night. Sooners, unfortunately, come up short in the potential commitment of Joseph Jonas Ajonye. But if you've listened to Parker with any regularity, you knew that he was headed to Georgia, now we'll wait and see what's next. And here we are, three hours into the show almost, and we haven't even talked about Oklahoma being third in the Big 12 preseason football poll. That is the power of Patty Gasso, people. We'll get to that in the top five stories today. But True Sooner, True Sooner has checked in to wrap up hour two. What's going on, True? How are you? It sounds like to me what you're saying is Patty Gasso had her crystal ball out. The rumor is that she knew this was going to happen. And while you're and you're confirming the rumor that she knew this all along. Uh, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> uh, so hey, you, you know, following those last two, of course, Sean is you know Sean and, and BFC. Now my palate is wide, so those two are my favorite too. But but this last guy, man, this Ringo guy, the following those guys, I'm jealous of guys that can put things so that those guys had to be doctors or lawyers uh, for sure. Eloquent, the, 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 eloquent. That's the word. Um, but. Okay, we've been told this for 100 years, that college football playoffs would never work. You know, we heard all the excuses. We heard why it wouldn't work. All the money, you know, oh, you know, they're going to go too far. they they got to be, you know, testing and stuff like that. Okay, so we it finally gets worked out. This whole thing has got to be worked out. I'm talking about the NIL slash transfer portal. There's got to be, and I know you say a salary or a trans or a NIL cap won't work. But 
can you not say, hey, there, you know, a college football player can't make X amount, or, or a university cannot spend more than this uh, if you're a Division One? Is there is there no way to work around that? Because it seems like there is a solution to this. We just haven't gotten to it yet. Oh, I, it's, I, I firmly believe there is an answer. But I'm just not smart enough to connect one and one and say this is the this is the universal way that would work. You can't have a universal way. I think true. I think there's going to be a level for you know what's what's legal in certain areas of the certain conferences. I can't even say areas of the country anymore, and what aren't in others. I mean, if because NCAA is all about equal across the board, but that's just not reality. Which is why I think they tapped out so quickly whenever it came to, to NIL to begin with. So there's a solution. I'm just not smart enough to figure it out yet. Right. That's what I think. I think they'll get to it. I, I think that. Think about it is, though, do they want a cap? That's the whole thing. How bad do they, they don't. want it? Because, because if you have a cap, that means the Alabamas and Oklahomas and Georgias and Ohio State, Texas. I mean, they've got X amount of money that maybe Colorado's got also. So, so I don't think it's how bad do they want to get it done is the bottom line. How bad do they want the playoffs to get done? They got it done. How bad do they want this to get done? I mean, it'll get done if they want it to get done. Appreciate it, True. I would add, I say this a lot. I say this a lot. It's like tampering. If they wanted stronger penalties on tampering, they would be here. But the royal they, the coaches involved, don't. Until they get serious about it. And you don't have to have Trent Dilfer saying, oh, try to come after my players. They don't want it because most people are guilty of it. Top five stories today coming up next live from Riverwind Casino. It's the Plank Show right here on the Home of Sooner Fans.